Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. The Mazda MX-5 Cup. Full sitter this morning, Patrick Gallagher, who is third in points, doing his best to move his way up. Starting next to him, Peter Portante in the number 24. In the third position is Drake Kemper. Outside of row two, John Dean, the points leader so far in the season in the number 16. Starting in the fifth position, the number eight, Nathaniel Sparks out of Alabama. And next to him, Ara Malkelson in the number 11. Starting row four, we have the number four, Kyle Lustenew, out of Vacaville, California, not too far from here. Dean Copeland will be beside him in the number seven. In the ninth position, we have Devin Jones in the 35, and the six of Timothy Paul will be starting 10th. 11th, we have Matt Kokison in the 34, and the 17, Nick Idalski will be in the 12th position. Starting off row seven, Sarah Montgomery out of Louisiana in the number 14. And next to her, the 32 of Keith Jensen. Eighth row, we find Zach Lee in the 15th position. And 16th will be Tim Probert. Ninth row, we have Charles Paquin in the number 72. And Hernan Palermo in the number 77. Back in the 19th, we have Brett Mosing, a busy man this weekend, in the number 10. And the 52 of Steve Bottom. 21st position starting is Aurora Strauss, the last of our MX competitors. And then we have our SBMX, that's Skip Barber class, Robbie Foley, the pole sitter and current points leader, doing a good job to get a little bit extra. In the 23rd position, the beginning of row 12, Ben Albino in the number 61. Next to him will be Sam Adams in the number 67. Starting 25th, we have Nico Rager and 26th is Brian Hickson. 27th overall, we have Kirian O'Rourke, and rounding out the grid today in the 28th position, Chris Bofate out of Freeland, Washington. That race coming up next. Well, good morning, everyone, and it is a bit chilly out there, so if you're watching from around the circuit, I hope you brought an extra jacket as this marine layer fog is very, very persistent at hanging around. But the good news is the stands can be seen, the marshals can go, which means that we can race, and the car's already rolling out on their sightseeing lap. With me today, we have a very special guest, as uh, Greg Kramer just said, and not that special. It's uh, Kenton <laughs> Cook. Kenton, welcome back to the booth, and you're very familiar both with this track and these kind of cars what are these drivers thinking right now getting ready to go for their fifth race of the season well it's definitely going to be an interesting race for sure and these guys are, are probably chomping at the bits to to get going uh and you know it's a little bit chilly this morning usually uh, mazda raceway and the monterey weather tend to have some uh fog cover that tends to roll in in the mornings but today we're lucky enough to not have that and it looks like we're going to be going green on time and Patrick Gallagher, extremely quick with a, a three-tenths over second place is his teammate, Peter Portante. Uh, so this is, he had an epic qualifying lap. And, you know, I think this is going to be an insane race. Second, third, and fourth all separated by within, within a tenth 
Uh, and, you know, this battle for this win is going to be something something else. And uh, Patrick Gallagher, he was eighth in points last year. He did get one podium, but he did not get that elusive win. So far today uh, in this season, he's already got three podiums, but he does not yet have that W in the column. What does he need to do today to try and get that done? Well, he definitely has to, you know, stay cool, calm, cool, and collected, and uh, make sure he keeps all four wheels on the track. Uh, you know, he, he tends to, to overdrive a little bit and sometimes drop wheels here and there. Uh, he just needs to calm down, and th so far this year he's done that. And uh, coming from the C.J. Wilson racing team last year and coming to AMG this year, uh, that's also uh, proven to be a good choice as well uh, for that. And it looks like he, he's picked up the pace, and he's always been a fast driver, but uh, now I think he, he's got the entire package this year. So it's going to be interesting to see how he's going to do. I think this might be the time uh, he shines. And it was a bit of a surprise to see Peter Portante up in second. He hasn't had the best of seasons so far. Two 12th place finishes, a 6th and a 5th. So this is a very exciting start for him. How does he need to calm his nerves down and make sure that he doesn't drop back to the, the rest of the pack? What sort of advice would you give to him? Well, first of all, Peter Portante, he, he's always been quick, but he's just never had the luck to get that lap in. Uh, and I've seen him in, in preseason testing, and he's always been quick. And I was really surprised to see him not do as good as he, he was going to be doing. Um, but now I think he's showing his true colors now, and I think he's prepared for it. Uh, he, he has been a little bit uh, rough in past races and had been, uh, you know, he has had a little bit of car damage. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see if he works with his teammate Patrick uh, to get away from the, uh, the three six sideways cars of Drake, John, and Nate. Uh, Nathaniel Sparks uh, to uh, possibly take this this uh, win, the first lock out the top two uh, positions here. And the cars have come to the grid and reached their uh, standing start position, 45-minute race. And the qualifying was sort of interesting to get set up, only one session that determines both qualifying positions yeah. for this race and the next one. But these guys right now, they're not thinking about the race tomorrow, not yet at least. They no. need to be aware that they have to save their cars for tomorrow. But at this point, they just want to see that green flag. And we all do. We're waiting as the cars just finally get into that last position. The green flag will be displayed at the back of the grid, signifying that everybody is good and ready to go. And then the lights will come on and then go out. It looks like we're about ready to get going green. It looks like the back of the pack has about getting got into positions, waiting for the horn to blow, and they're green. They're, and it's a great start from Patrick Gallagher. As, and, as a matter of fact, Peter Portante goes around him on the outside, coming into turn one. He has a massive lead, Peter Portante does. It'll be interesting to see if he can hold that line down through turn one, though. This is usually a place of issue and contact, and... Boy, they go side by side, right through, no contact throughout the whole pack, it looks like. Very well done. Yeah, a couple guys dropping wheels, two by two still, as uh, Patrick has, or Peter fell back now as the Skip Barber class gets underway. Uh, Robbie Foley leading that, and we have a, a jump on the outside for second place. They're too wide. Looks like he's almost, Ben Albano on the outside of Sam Adams, looking like they're still too wide for second place. Uh, and Sam Adams gives that up a little bit now. Fourth place looking for third. Now they are single file ready to go. 
And uh, Robbie Foley leads in the Skeb Barber class. And as the MX-5 class came past us, we were able to see Patrick Gallagher with a bit of a lead already, only four corners into this race as we see the 72. Looks like he's come to a stop. Oh, come on, get it going again. It just takes a little momentum. That's Charles Paquin in that blue and white liveried MX-5. Quite beautiful, I have to say. I noticed it the other day in practice. But he got going again, but that's a long way back to try and catch up to. Yeah, it looks like we have a four-car breakaway right now with... Uh, frenzy of cars for that uh, fifth and back uh, battle and it's going to be that's insane going on right now as they are letting the top get away top four get away from them uh, if that uh, Kyle Lucino in fifth place right behind Drake Kemper uh, he's still a 10, 10 car lengths back but uh, Dean Copeland right on the back of Kyle Lucino's bumper uh, we'll see if we can't uh, have them work together to get up to the front uh, Kyle Luceno, you know, putting something together this weekend. He came up to fifth from the starting position of seventh. It seventh. was seventh. So he he's back up to fifth uh, and looking good, looking strong right now. And he's got a bit of an interesting story, Kenton. He didn't start in this series based off of oh well, I could afford to come yeah. and race. He won a scholarship, did he not? Yeah, he he won uh, the MX5 Cup Shootout. Uh, it's a it's a Mazda racer uh, shootout where you know they take the national uh, championship winning drivers uh, from all around the United States. You know from the SCCA, NASA, and uh, you know it's it's a whole inclusive competition that proves uh, the best driver. Uh, with the all-around package, meaning like you, you, you have the business, you're fast, you're, you're consistent, you know, you, you're the best all-around driver, and uh, he beat out, you know, everyone in the United States for this for this position, and uh, it's showing. He, he's running fifth now, hasn't had the best start to the year, but now he's showing his true pace, and I think we're going to see him maybe have a fight for the podium. He didn't have the best start. The first race actually had a crash at Sebring and wound up in the tires outside of turn 17, but has rebounded since then, has not had his first podium. I think we could be, be seeing that today from him. And Another young man in a similar position is our uh, winner of last year's SBMX competition. Yeah. It was uh, Drake Kemper, and Drake right now is running in fourth. He started in third, so he did lose a position to John Dean, but Drake is hanging on to that pack, and he looks to me, and not a, yeah. a racing driver, like he might be hanging back a little bit, saving his tires. Yeah, he's looking strong, uh, that's for sure. The two six sideways cars might be laying back. Uh, I think the uh, the AMG crew of Peter Portante and Gallagher might be working together, as well as the, the two six sideways cars. I think they might want to get away from uh, this this backpack, the, the the fifth and all the way the rest of the field pack, basically, <laughs> uh, to to try and make this the race a little bit easier for them. Uh, as Peter now drops a wheel on the exit of two, uh, that's not what you want to do if you want to have uh, you know a safe race and consistent race for that matter. And uh, it looks like fifth is starting to roll up on uh, Drake Kemper slightly uh, with that ten car gap going down to about a seven to five car gap. Uh, back to them, as uh, we have wheels dropped in exit of four, and dust everywhere. Uh, this is this is an insane race so far. I think the fifth and row back, fifth in position back, is going to be a, a pretty battle, pretty big battle right now. And we just saw the number 69 uh, car of Chris Bofate coming into the pits and looked like he was serving a drive through penalty. We'll have to try and find out what that was for. And we've got a pass as John Dean is getting very aggressive, oh. trying to take Drake Kemper with him through the corkscrew as Peter Portante goes from second to fourth in, or third 
in uh, about a turn and a half. Yeah, Peter Portante dropped a couple of wheels on the exit of six, as he did in turn two, and uh, John Dean took advantage of that, and we have... Tim Paul going on the inside of Arl Marcassian into turn 10, his own teammate, and Devin Jones falling behind. Uh, they're starting to lose that that fifth, that two car gap, uh, two car pack uh, between fifth and sixth there. So I think they start need to start working together as they are all teammates. I, I would think they would, uh, but it might be they're having a little inner team battle uh, going on. But let's see if Peter Portante can't. Oh, and we have a look from Kyle Lucino on Drake Kemper as the fifth and sixth car, uh, fifth and sixth place car of Kyle Lucino and Dean Copeland have caught up to that top four. So we now have a six-car breakaway. And it's a six-car battle for the lead, effectively. Part of what is so great of this racing is it's so momentum-based that if you yeah. make one little mistake and you're in the lead, you might find yourself back in sixth. And we are two wide through four as Dean Copeland and Kyle Lucino cut, touch a little bit. Kyle hanging on on the outside of four. He still has a position into five and hangs on to that fifth place position as they, they let the top four get away from them about three or four car lengths. So they need to start working together and be smarter where they're making these passes. Dean Copeland might need to be a little bit more patient as it looks like he might be getting uh, held up by Kyle Lucino as Dean now drops two wheels on the exit of six trying to get by him. The compression rate going through turn six, that car just absolutely sat down on its rear wheels going through that turn. And a lot of people have been saying this weekend throughout all the series running here how that is their favorite corner because it is so tricky. And yeah. We just saw an instance of trying to go through there maybe with a little too much speed. Yeah, and it's it's tough to, to get through the corner when you're glued onto the back of someone's bumper because you can't necessarily see the track out or the apex, so you're trusting the guy in front of you to be to stay on the track, and uh, sometimes you can get it just a little bit wrong and, and miss the apex just slightly. And on the apex of turn six, there's a red curb, as you see on the rest of the turns out here as well, as we see Drake Kemper on the outside of Peter Portante as they crest over one. Uh, Drake with a little bit of a nose on Peter as he outbreaks him going into turn two, chops across the front of him as they're still too wide. All the way through turn two, Drake's still on the outside, drops two wheels, comes back on, and they're still too wide. Drake on the inside now for, for turn three as he gets to position. Beautiful move by Drake Kemper in the number 99. That is the red MX-5 if you are seeing the screen or indeed watching from the track. He is now up into the third position. Ooh, as oh. we have a yellow flag come out, that is the number 32, it looks like, of Keith Jensen. Yeah. And uh, is that the nine? I can't quite see the number on the side of that one. It's a blue and silver, the 17. 17 Thank you, director, yeah. for that. Nick Kodalski at driving that to MX-5. That has hit the wall on the front straight at a rather unpleasant angle. Oh. Ooh, and he got dragged sideways for quite a bit by the 32 as well. Uh, that does not look like a pleasant incident. And we are now under full yellow safety car situation. I can see the lights flashing at the top of the hill as the safety car is oh, waiting for the leader to come through. That. Yeah, it looks like uh, Keith was running up on the inside of uh, the 17 car, and uh, the two made contact. I'm not sure who turned into who, but they definitely did have contact. And sometimes when you get wheel-to-wheel -wheel contact in these cars, it can pitch the car sideways very easily. Uh, you know, if you have the, the front right uh, tire connected to the left rear tire of a car and you're, you're 
just you know staggered a little bit and you make wheel-to-wheel contact it can be easy to to pitch the car sideways and it looks like that's what happened as the the turn was a pretty violent uh turn into the wall uh hopefully it looked like that driver got out of the 17 car okay and keith jensen is now on his way again uh we're glad that uh, the driver in the 17 car is okay as that looked like a pretty heavy impact into a wall with no safety barrier yeah, that was Nick Adelski getting out of his car and walking away. Keith Jensen carrying on. He already does have a DNF this season, unfortunately, from the second race at Sebring. Keith does. And uh, he was hoping for a bit better than his best finish so far, which was 12th in uh, NOLA, yeah. which was his last event. So coming off of a high, that's not exactly the way you want your momentum to carry you forward. No, exactly. And it, he's had a little bit of a rough weekend as he, he has uh, crashed a, a car to. And uh, he's actually in, in one of his backup cars as he, he had a brand new prepped car at the beginning of this weekend as he heads down the corkscrew with no left mirror on the car. <laughs> I, I <laughs> a have little... to say, though, given that contact, yeah. that car does not look bad. Yeah, it, it definitely doesn't look that bad. Uh, they had a little bit of contact on the right front. The uh, the left front of that car look, uh, fender looks like it has a little bit of rubbing on it as, you know, show tell sign of, you know, the left front mirror being gone from it as well. And uh, has a little bit of tire rub on the right front, but these cars are pretty robust. You know, these things allow for a little bit of rubbing here and there, and uh, hopefully everything's straight on that car. It, it looks like he's tra- it's tracking straight, looking good, and I think you know he's going to be he's good. I don't think he's a lap down. I think he can he can catch up to the back of this pack and stay on the uh, the lead lap here. Well, he certainly stayed out of the pits, knowing that that would be the end of his race. So he yeah. must feel that this thing is okay and. But what sort of a disadvantage would that be for him not having the left-hand side mirror? That makes your life as a driver yeah, much more difficult. Exactly. And with this uh, series, in this track, it's it's a, a counterclockwise track. So most of the passing zones are actually on the inside on your left side. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a little bit interesting for him to see if he can't uh, you know, utilize maybe his rearview mirror in order to see what's going on. Uh, and also, one thing, uh, if you guys are listening in on uh, live over the intercom. Uh, We have this race live if you want to watch it online on MazdaLive.com. We have a live stream uh, with video if you want to capture all the action going on. And it's uh, it's a heck of a... It's really a battle. And uh, with the TV coverage, I think you guys are going to have a blast watching it. These cars are beautiful to see. They're fun to hear. And even better, the racing. When they get back to green, this is going to be a, an all-out sort of battle for the lead because we were having such a great fight developing between John Dean, who was just edging ever closer to Patrick Gallagher. Now Patrick's lead is gone. This is going to get fun. Yeah, it's going to be fun with John Dean right on his bumper with his teammate Drake Kemper uh, follows and uh, Peter Portate in fourth position with Kyle Lusno in fifth. Uh, we'll see if uh, Kyle Lusno can't get by Peter as Peter looks like he's been dropping back just a little bit. Uh, and Ara, coming from what position would he, he started in? He started in... In sixth place, he's currently still in that. Uh, he he dropped back to eighth actually, uh, but he's still looking strong as that uh, fifth and back uh, battle is heating up. And I think we'll, we might have a battle for. We're going to have a massive battle as it looks like we're going to be going green soon. As the pace car is in, they're all line astern. 
And as we get ready to go back to yep. green, as they come around the final turn onto the track, they should be seeing the green flag in any second as we see them. They're behaving very well. Look at how well in line. Oh, nope. somebody jumped yeah. out. All right, I spoke a little too bit. soon. They're all backing up again now. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, caused a little bit of confusion, and now they are back to green, and Patrick Gallagher looked like he had a pretty good start out there. We'll keep an eye on that, but I would like to welcome somebody else. Uh, special, but not in Kenton's sense of special to the booth. <laughs> Evan Prelick, it's nice to have you here. You're with Battery Tender, uh, the Director of Marketing, I believe is your title? Yes, Director of uh, Advertising and Marketing. Thanks for having us this morning, and this is certainly exciting. It's the you know the closest and best racing, we think, in the sport. So, we're excited to be here, and uh, thanks to Mazda, and oh, another Ooh. replay. Yeah, it looks like we, we had a little bit of contact between an MX-5 Cup car and the, a Skip Barber car. That was the 28 of Aurora Strauss and the 62 of Kyrian O'Rourke. That was a bit of front wheel being lifted off the ground, but I don't see either of them going particularly slowly around the circuit, so it looks like they were both able to continue. But this battery tender partnership with the series is relatively new. Uh, what was your thinking behind getting involved with that? Absolutely. Uh, new for 2015, hopefully into 2016 is the uh, the intent behind the partnership and obviously hopefully we expand globally uh, with Mazda Motorsports and uh, you know grassroots racing is some of the exciting uh, the closest racing and obviously you know with our product line people of all ages and uh, you know across the world want to use and keep their uh, cars charged, maintained so for us it was getting back to the roots of, of racing and uh, really hone in on who actually uses the product and it's it's great and, um, you know this is the future of racing so for us this was exciting when the opportunity arose and we just thought you know this is truly who our demo is and and obviously from a, a marketing standpoint it, this has just been you know exponential for the exposure and obviously the partnership with Moss has been fantastic so we're really excited about this. And it is a great series to be a part of. You get to go to so many different tracks and be a support series to so many great races. I know racing is important to you personally and that you've always been involved with racing. But right. what was it that inspired you guys to go with this particular decision and to go with Mazda? Uh, Mazda is a great platform. Um, you know, it's like we said, it's the grassroots racing. They have the ladder program, which is fantastic. So, like you said, they they travel to many different races. Uh, whether it's a support series for the EMSA Tutor Series or uh, IndyCar, they're also alongside at Elkhart with Nationwide. So, you hit all kinds of different demos, uh, different tracks. So, it's 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 a great platform for us, if not just for racing with the exposure itself. And just to give you guys a quick update on what's happening out on track, we still have Patrick Gallagher in the lead, John Dean not letting him run away. Ben Albino took the lead in the SBMX Cup, though, and Rob Foley dropped back to second. It is a great platform to have Mazdas out racing, and especially for Battery Tender to be a part, because Mazda is so prevalent in terms of racing. More Mazdas raced on any weekend than any other manufacturer, and I'm sure more Mazdas with Battery Tender products on them. I can say my brother has Mazdas, and he has Battery Tenders on his little MX-5 during the winter when he can't drive oh, it. Yeah. But uh, in terms of a sponsor coming on board like Battery Tender, what does it do for you as a driver, Kenton, to have such a great company that's so excited about racing behind you? You know, it's always great to have title sponsors on series like this where, where you know, young drivers are coming through the series. And, you know, to have Battery Tender on uh, the Mazda, the 
the battery tender Mazda MX-5 cup uh, presented by BF Goodrich is is just huge. Uh, and opportunities like this uh, we, we have on MazdaLive.com, you know, come come arise because of this this amazing partnership, and and gives you know a, a lot of opportunities for you know for partners like Battery Tender uh, to come like this. And you know, I I have a, quite a few Battery Tenders as well. Uh, we have we have a couple cars at home sitting. Uh, we have a truck that we uh, use to to tow the go karts to the track. And you know, in between, you know, we have to keep it charged. And you know, thanks to that, it's uh, you know, it's, cars are running. It's a big money saver. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> Easy <laughs> to have, use. Yeah, we don't have to buy new batteries all the time. It's great. You know, it's awesome. So it's a great product. You know, it, thank you. A lot of fun. And the battery tender sponsorship in racing goes beyond this series as well. You have drivers in the main race this weekend in the uh, Continental Tire Grand Prix. A uh, couple of guys supporting there. We do. Charles Esmanlob, he's driving one of the Nissans this weekend. Um, and then also in the EMSA series, we have uh, Bill Oberlin and uh, Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan, uh, as well as uh, Dion. Von Molka in the Paul Miller Racing. So, uh, yeah, we've we've had a great relationship with uh, all three of those drivers. Um, they've been great ambassadors. And then, obviously, like you said, with the you know the Battery Tenor MX-5 Cup, all these drivers are so excited. We're on board, and vice versa. So, it's been great exposure for us. But it's also nice to have you know such great, well-spoken, and just um, eager drivers that are up and coming. And and oh, oh. big hit there was that. Um, that was a yellow MX-5 again. It looked that like Tim Probert, maybe. Was that Tim Probert, or was it Keith Jensen again? We'll see if we can't get we'll a, get a, a look closer at that. view. But that was an XB MX-5 as well, who came and collected him. That is the 26. That is Tim Probert. Good sight there, Kenton. Yeah. As he got majorly collected coming out of what looked like turn 10. Ooh, and he does not have control over that car as he tries Ooh. to limp it back into the paddock. That is not a happy little MX-5. Yeah, it looked like Tim Probert got uh, lost control of his car at the apex of nine and, and actually ended up parking it at the apex and backed into uh, what looks like Ben Albano's right front, a complete T-bone as we have Skip Barber cars going left and right. Uh, we have one of the cars flailing off to the right side. Uh, man, that was a hard hit. The the right rear tire of Tim Probert's car is just laying <laughs> laying at the apex. The cars are uh, you know going left and right as the shock and upright and everything is still connected to that. That was a hard hit. Uh, you know we have a little bit of brake fluid that looks like is uh, on the the track as well with Ben Albano's car parked on the inside of nine between nine and ten. Uh, that was a heck of a hit. Hopefully, Tim and Ben are all okay. We see Ben uh, waving his hands, uh, window net down. Uh, might be a little frustrated. He would be a little more than frustrated, yeah. <laughs> leading the class at the time of that happening. And ben already has one win in the series so far this year. Three other podiums, though. So he yeah. has been having a very good run. A DNF is not what he was looking for. As we see the double yellows come out and the safety car getting ready to deploy from pit lane. 25 minutes left in this race. And Evan, thank you so much for being here. It was great to chat with you. Are you going to be at any other rounds this year? Yes, we will. And thank you so much for having us. I will be, we will be at um, Elkhart and also at Petit at the end of the year. So unfortunately, we're missing uh, the Toronto Most Sport race, but we will be around. And uh, thanks for having us. Well, please come by and talk to us at any time. That was Evan Prelick sitting in with us, and great to see you again, Evan, have to say. 
And as the cars come back around, the safety car has picked them up. Patrick Gallagher still in the first position. John Dean in second. And John is going to be thanking his lucky stars that that safety car came out because this is another opportunity for him to pounce at that lead. Yeah, this is going to be a heck of a restart once again. As uh, Patrick Gallagher looked like he had a really good restart as well uh, on, the, on the last one. Uh, you know, let's see if he can't do that again. Uh, with John Dean right behind him uh, with his teammate, Drake Kemper. Uh, it's, this is going to be pretty crazy. Dean Copeland now back up to fourth, uh, maybe looking to sniff at the podium as well. He's looking fast, coming from uh, you know a couple positions back uh, from where he started. He's looking to, to make something of this as he's just come off of two back-to-back -back wins at NOLA. Uh, he's looking to back that up here at Mazda Raceway Laguna Seca uh, to you know hopefully bring himself into the points lead. Well, it is with great pleasure that I get to welcome Mr. John Dune into the booth with us. And, John, uh, we were here at Mazda Raceway Laguna Seca. I know you've been waiting for this since, well, since last year this time. Welcome back, and are you having fun yet? Oh, uh, as soon as you walk through the front gates of this place, sir, you can't help but have fun. This is a very special facility for the Mazda brand. We bring all of our road cars here to put them through the test, and then on weekends like this and the other four major events that happen here, it is the opportunity for us to share the spirit of the Mazda brand with consumers who are on site as well as those who uh, view the facility on TV. So it's, it's terrific to be here. There is a beautiful display down in the paddock for the uh, Mazda's owner's lounges down there as well. And if you have not yet seen the 2016 MX-5, take a few minutes, go down, stare at it. Please don't drool on the car, though. It's hard to resist. <laughs> but that new car has been making some laps around here so far this week. And uh, Kenton, I think you had the opportunity to drive it. Is it as perfect as it looks? Uh, well, it drives just about as good as it looks, that's for sure. Uh, and the car is still getting developed a little bit, so they're, they're trying different uh, packages on it as far as suspension goes, and they're developing the car. And once this thing gets dialed in, this thing is going to be fast. Uh, and it was just as fast as last year's car in a straight line, if not a little bit faster. Uh, so this is going to be uh, quite the car for the, for the Global Series, and it's... Uh, a pretty reliable car as well so far as they've gone through a, a bunch of testing so far prior to this event uh, with no hiccups this far. So it's going to be uh, not only a fast but a reliable car as proven uh, by this NC Mazda MX-5 Cup car and uh, I think it's going to be uh, the same story with the new car as well. And John, yesterday we had the first public testing of it on track. Is that nerve-wracking for you to, to let it all be out there in the public view? Well, Shay, we've taken an approach of testing in public for a couple of reasons. You know, there's automakers that all we all have proving grounds, and we go out and and try to learn things about our product before it gets into the hands of the consumer. The Mazda MX-5, the new 2016 MX-5, has been refined by our engineers, and you think you you couldn't think that the MX-5 could get better, but it has. And to be able to bring it in race trim in front of our current customers, 28 of them on track now, and you add 20 more with our NASA Race of Champions tomorrow, you put that product in front of those current customers and certainly other folks in the paddock. Our hope is that we have 50 car fields at every race next year, which will be quite exciting. You see some fender rubbing now. Wait till next year. But <laughs> we're really proud of doing the development in, in front of everyone. Uh, as Kenton said, he got an opportunity. Tom Long got an opportunity. Andrew Carbonell got an opportunity to drive the car. And we haven't broke anything yet, which is actually concerning because we want to go out and learn, <laughs> learn the limits of the components and find ways to 
get them to a place that it's going to be able to bounce off of curbs, bounce off of other cars, and, and still retain the, the quality and durability that is a Mazda product lineup uh, across the board. Well, it is the biggest field this weekend in series history that we're going to be seeing, which will be fun, and it would be even better to see 50 of those running next year. But what sort of uh, what sort of help does that give to the manufacturer in the end? Because it is a lot of testing, and you do develop for the road cars. What sort of help does that give you in then building the street MX-5? The beauty of it is Yamamoto-san, who's actually the program manager for sports cars over in Hiroshima at our corporate office, he's quite a good shoe in his own right. He races MX-5s on the weekend. So the things that we learn here at the racetrack are absolutely applied back to the the road car. In fact, on this particular cup car that fans are seeing on track today, we learned things about control arms that we were breaking. We learned things about shift forks in the transmission. And they literally made production line changes on the road car after we sent some components back they were able to study them find ways to make them better because clearly this is a extreme environment compared to driving out on highway 67 so um, those learnings absolutely get applied the same goes for our sky active prototype in the tutor championship what we learn here gets applied to the next generation or the current generation of mazda product I had the great privilege of going to the speed source shop down in South Florida about a month ago. I was absolutely blown away at how many parts that they make for the street cars. The Mazda speed parts come out of that shop. It's a racing shop, but it's in your street car out in the parking lot right now. That is direct translation of technology and it it i wonder how much more of that there is that we don't know about yeah the the sky's the limit there shay i think uh we've we've utilized many of our professional race teams over the years to hopefully uh, come up with concepts that they've learned at the racetrack that could be accessories for mazda owners Uh, we actually speaking of mazda owners have an owner's lounge right down there in the paddock so if you bring your mazda key fob over there there's uh, some refreshments opportunity to relax and we're going back to green here we are back to green and it is patrick gallagher who got the jump again he maintains his lead a good little stretch over john dean but drake kemper right there as well we now have what looks to be a five car battle for the lead any one of those could go from first to fifth or any mixture in between in well as you know a corner. <laughs> yeah, and uh, John Dean actually on that restart gave uh, Patrick a little bit of a nudge, and uh, as John gave Patrick that nudge, he actually hit the gas right as he did that, and that helped him with that restart, and uh, ended up slowing John down a little bit, but gave Patrick that nudge forward to, to get above uh, and get a little bit of a jump on John. Uh, with Now they're all, the line of stern, really close, back-to-back. You can throw a blanket over the top five. 18 minutes remaining in this race any predictions, Mr. Dunin, on who's going to come out on top? A Mazda. There you go. A Mazda. Uh, you know, <laughs> the, the racing is close, and to, to be able to see, you know, now there's six, ten cars in that lead draft with everyone with a chance to win. Clearly, it's a momentum class, so one little mistake will cost you a position or maybe more, and it's really exciting to see the young talent uh, coming up through the Mazda Sports Car Racing Academy. Drivers like Kenton that fortunate enough to win a championship here now has a scholarship, in Kenton's case, to the Cooper Tires Prototype Lights Championship. Uh, the cream of the crop, the Joel Millers, and the Jonathan Bomberitos, the Tristan Nunez's, Tom Longs, you know, they've all had a, a taste of this type of racing, and now they're at the, the, the pinnacle of sports car racing in the in the Tudor Championship. So uh, that's our story. That's uh, We've got thousands of grassroots racers around 
around the country, and we hope that they continue uh, to build their careers in, in Mazdas or Mazda-powered cars. Do you ever get tempted to go jump behind the wheel of one of these? <laughs> well, it's it's really hard to justify to my wife that after three dozen race weekends, I have a free one. I need to go out and, and, and run a run an MX-5 race. But um, we live vicariously through all of our customers. Yeah, and it looks like Drake, uh, Kemper, and Kyle Lucino are, are sniffing at that podium right now. And looking, those guys are the, the Mazda Motorsports uh, development drivers for this year as Drake won the, the Skip Barber uh, Pro Challenge class last year and Kyle Lucino won the uh, the Mazda Scholarship Shootout. Uh, those two drivers uh, are scholarship drivers, and they're looking really good. And it just proves that Mazda brings up talent in this, this series, uh, shows the talent, and really brings the cream to the top. And uh, with those two drivers in the series, you know, sniffing at the podium with it being so competitive, it, it just proves that the Mazda ladder system does uh, give you know great uh, gives drivers opportunities and and maybe drivers that don't necessarily have a lot of you know funding behind them. Uh, as the ladder system does give opportunities to, to people like Kyle Lucino and Drake Kemper. Uh, Kyle Lucino's story, a, a little bit more unique, as he, he came from nothing. He, he did it on a shoestring budget in Spec Miata, and uh, he, he definitely showed that he wanted it, and it's, uh, it's proving uh, they're, they're two phenomenal drivers, and they both really want this, and uh, makes a, a really good package uh, for a driver as well as, you know, Mazda does a great job of uh, Three putting wide together. up the yeah. front straight. There you go, Shay. It's, it's there we Kemper go. and Kyle Lucino oh, yeah. going, trying to get around. Uh, that's Dean Copeland. Oh. oh, they got very close. They're going under the start finish line. It looks like Lucino's going to take it going into turn two. Oh, oh boy. Man. Let's see. Yep, he was able to hold on, but it looks like he might have brought Peter Portante with him. (laughs) Dean Copeland getting very loose and going out. That's not an off-roading car, son. He did not lift. (laughs) He did not lift. Nope, and here comes somebody inside. It's uh, Nathaniel Sparks, I believe. That is a perfect example of one corner where you go from being in fifth to being somewhere a little bit further back. Yeah, and and all that hand flinging inside the car, it looks like Dean Copeland actually flicked his blinker on. he's He's all over the place inside that thing, swatting flies. Uh, it's it's definitely that's a bummer for Dean Copeland as he he got shuffled back, uh, and and uh, they were three wide in the middle of turn two, and when you get to the track out, it, it funnels down, and and Dean Copeland uh, ended up uh, on the you know the downside of that one as Patrick Gallagher now opens up uh, a bit of a lead up to turn uh, the, the corkscrew, the famous corkscrew, uh, to John Dean and Kyle Lucina, who's now in third with Drake in fourth. Dean Copeland coming off of a very good race weekend at Nolan Motorsports Park. Two races, two wins. So that's not the direction that he wants to go in. And See, he was just using his indicator, his right <laughs> indicator, to say, I want to go around you to the right, please. Please move. <laughs> I don't think he realized he has it on yet. And now he's making a pass on the inside of turn 10 of Devin Jones. They're too wide. Uh, they're too wide now going into 11, but uh, Dean Copeland on the outside of 11 uh, setting himself up. Now Nate Sparks takes advantage of that and uh, you know gets on the inside of him. So he's going backwards right now, and he just needs to calm down uh, after going off the track to, to hopefully get himself back up to that lead pack. And Patrick Gallagher with a massive lead at this point. He may as well be on another lap. That That's a good five car lengths for him as they go into turn two coming out of it now. He's got about a, yeah, that's still five car length lead over John Dean, who is right in the grasp of Kyle Lawson now. Kyle is going to be eager to get by because he has Drake Kemper right behind him. 
and then Peter Portante. Those guys are in a race of their own right now, as Patrick Gallagher is saying, thank you very much, I would like the race win. John, this has to be so <laughs> overwhelming for yeah. you. Uh, it's, it's terrific to watch, and you know, obviously Patrick was the benefactor there of those guys racing for second, but it shows the uh, the the common uh, performance, the, the fact that we've got balance in, in the performance of all these cars. They're so equal. One mistake or one little bobble costs you positions, uh, but we're really proud of it. I think uh, the fact that we've got 48 cars here this weekend for tomorrow's race, the biggest field in the history of the series, and the new car with lots of momentum and excitement behind it, it's going to be a terrific uh, next three to five years, and hopefully we can carry on the tradition of uh, the best-selling two-seat sports car in the history of the world. Well, thank you so much for being here, John. And please come back throughout the weekend. We will be watching eagerly to see how the Mazdas do in three of the four races we have this weekend. We have Mazdas competing, and including later today, starting from pole position in the uh, Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge. So good luck to you this weekend, and we hope to see a lot more of you. Thanks. Hope so, and uh, really appreciate the coverage. You guys do a great job. Thanks, John. As we still have Patrick Gallagher out there in the lead, but it looks like we have a car going slowly down the front stretch. As can't tell if it's somebody coming out of the pit lane or not at this point. But, oh, it definitely is. That is a blue MX-5. Can't see quite yet who it is. But uh, the battle rages on for second, third, fourth, fifth, and even sixth. As Patrick Gallagher continues to lead, John Dean, the leader of that second pack, watching his mirrors very closely at this point because he has Drake Kemper in them. And that's not somebody you want behind you because you know that he will be looking for a way to get around. Right, Kenton? Yeah, that's exactly right. And Kyle Lucino, as he comes in front of us uh, in turn four, he drops two wheels trying to catch up to that pack. First, second, third, and fourth all spread out by about five car lengths now. But it looks like John Dean closed the gap a little bit to Patrick, uh, but Drake now trailing John uh, slightly. Uh, let's see if we can't... Uh, you know, I think we're going to have the, the cars bunch up a little bit more as John Dean now has some clear track, put his head down uh, to get up to, to Patrick. And John, very fast here, as he is everywhere, um, but now I think he's going to be showing his pace. We'll, we'll see if he can't uh, close the gap to Patrick. John Dean with uh, a win this year at Sebring, his hometown track. Two second-place finishes in uh, sixth. He doesn't really want to talk about the sixth. <laughs> We're, uh, he would be very excited, not with another second place, but with another first. I think two seconds is probably about as many as he would be happy with. But uh, John Dean is currently the points leader. He would be very happy at the very least to come out with that lead intact. Had Patrick Gallagher eat into that a little bit in this weekend by getting pole, with pole position, you get three points, and that may not sound like a lot, but it can add up over time. Yeah. So for for Patrick Gallagher, he's back in third position right now, 213 points to Dean's 226, so that would mean he's at 216 to 226 after the pole, and certainly don't want the guy chasing you in the points to get more points in a weekend. No, you definitely don't, and th this series, in qualifying and also in the race, uh, you, you get points, so for, for qualifying, you get three points, and if you lead a lap, you get another point. And if you lead the most laps, you also get uh, a point. So you, the max amount of points you can come out from the weekend uh, are, are five points, uh, well, at least for qualifying and then the race. And uh, it's, it's, it definitely adds up. And, you know, in, in series that you don't have these kinds of point systems, it, it makes it hard to come back uh, if, if you, let's say, you have a DNF 
you can you can come back by you know qualifying on pole and and leading the most laps, leading a lap. You know, instead of you know winning a race and you know getting two points from uh, beating second place, you get seven points. So it, it can add up extremely quickly. And with uh, six race weekends and 12 races, those points add up extremely quickly. And Kyle Lucino looks like he's fallen back a little bit uh, into the the grasps of uh, Arl Marcassian, or Arl Marcassian now is uh, is in front of Kyle. Uh, it looks like we might have had a little bit of a mistake from the the two miles to motorsports drivers, uh, as they're now in sixth and seventh. Sixth and seventh, all the way down. Peter Portante and Aram Alkison just sneaking on through during that last lap, going from fifth and sixth up into third and fourth. I don't wonder if maybe Lawson and Al Kemper were battling each other so fiercely that the other two were able to just sneak up. And thank you very much. I'll take that position. <laughs> yeah, as Dean Copeland now sneaks up the inside of Devin. And Nate at the same time, uh, taking two positions in one turn. Uh, it's and now they're two wide at the apex of three with Devin Jones. Nate on the outside. Uh, it looks like they're going to be going two wide once again through four as uh, Devin thinks better of it. Uh, and now Devin looks like he's going to pop going into the entry to turn five as he's right on the bumper of him. As now we have a, a spinner, uh, Chris Buffet, on uh, in into the gravel pits uh, of 11. But he's got back underway, and we are still under green flag racing. Not a great weekend so far for Chris Buffet. He already served a drive-through penalty early on in the race, but good to see him be able to get back underway. And it looks like he was right on the bumper of Kieran O'Rourke, and boy, they both got. Oh coming into that final turn, but Chris just unable to hold on to it. Good to see him get going again, though, and avoid that yellow flag. Yeah, it looks like the uh, the car in front of him got a little bit sideways and checked up, and uh, Chris had to spin to avoid hitting him. Uh, a great job of uh, avoiding that, uh, that accident and also get going again. Now, some people may think that we're crazy talking about points already. Why are you talking about points? It's only May. Well, <laughs> half the race weekends after this one will already be past us. And we still have Canadian Tire Motorsports Park in July, Road America in uh, August, and then Road Atlanta in October. Those are three spectacular tracks to get to go and race at. But at this point, points do matter. They are important, and the championship is halfway to being awarded. Yeah, as, as John Dean is now glued to the back bumper of Patrick Gallagher, Looking on the outside of turn two, uh, he wasn't able to get the job done, but it looked like uh, Patrick Gallagher might have missed a shift on the straightaway, and John Dean had a heck of a run, but uh, couldn't get down the inside of him and had to think better of it and go to the outside. But, uh, you know, obviously the outside isn't the best uh, position to get by someone. Uh, maybe, uh, well, I think Patrick might have just missed a shift. Hopefully it was just a shift uh, and everything's okay. It looks like he's back up to speed now. Uh, but now John and, and Patrick now have a battle for the lead. This is going to be insane. This um, is six yeah. minutes remaining in yeah. this race. It's coming down to the end. They've got more tires than they normally would because of the safety car periods. They've maybe been able to keep everything cool. Now is when you dial up the wick. So what does John Dean have to do to get around Patrick Gallagher? Well, Patrick Gallagher is going to be extremely hard to pass. As, uh, he's a very good defensive driver. And John Dean with ex excellent racecraft, as I've raced with him, and I've uh, been trying to get around him for about a few laps uh, <laughs> myself when I was behind him uh, last year. It, he's extremely hard to get around, and both drivers uh, proved to be extremely aggressive. 
so we might have a little bit of contact as, as John Dean's pretty close to Patrick, but I don't think he has enough to get him into turn 11. Uh, he's going to see if we can't uh, get a good run onto the front straightaway. John getting an excellent run. Ooh. as Yeah, Patrick misses the shift to second to third and misses uh, and misses that opportunity of holding onto the lead as John is now up the inside and clears Patrick Gallagher by the, the crest of turn one. And John Dean with a great move there, very aggressive coming onto the front straight, made his mind up early, and honestly, that uh, MX-5 of Patrick Gallagher, which we have seen in the past, look a little bit wider than yeah. some other MX-5s. Not an issue at all. James Dean, John Dean, excuse me, takes the lead and maintains his point lead if he can keep this, because there's only one way to get the most points, and that's to win. Yeah, that's for sure. And uh, I'm not sure if, if Patrick is having issues with that second to third shift. Uh, and I, I think maybe he's just trying to be too impatient with that shift up to third. Uh, but maybe he might have to just run third through that last corner in order to, to get that exit. Says, uh, you know, turn 11 is one of those corners where it's in between second and third gear. Uh, but second is just a tick quicker. But he might have to think better of it and run third so he can be more consistent on his exits of 11 as, as uh, John Deed now goes to the inside defensive to try to break that draft from Patrick. And these cars draft so well. And even at a track like Mazda Raceway Laguna Seca where, you know, the straightaways aren't super long, uh, these cars draft so efficiently that in every turn, every little straightaway, you can get closer and closer to the guy in front of you. Uh, you know, anytime you can try to break the draft a little bit by coming out of a corner and swerving to the inside a little bit and, you know, Patrick having to now move back as John Dean now drives defensive into turn 11 with Patrick uh, thinking about going around the outside but thinks better of it and tries to get that run onto the straightaway as uh, he does get that shift into, into third very well and they're now glued together still as Peter Portante might be taking advantage of these two guys in front of him battling and he's actually catching up to that uh, pack of two he is he's now in the same camera shot as peter portante and if patrick gallagher isn't careful he's gonna have to start looking in his mirrors with just over three minutes left in this race that's enough time to drop back and lose yourself a podium so patrick gallagher does need to be aware that he could lose everything trying to go for the win yeah and, and patrick's car is looking extremely good right now john uh, is, is standing up to his team's nave of six sideways. He's driving sideways <laughs> everywhere right now. Uh, it, it looks like he might have his tires going off a little bit or his car is set up maybe just a little bit looser than, than Patrick's behind him. Uh, so, you know, it, we might see... Uh, so maybe he might make a mistake or something with his car being a little bit looser, but John, excellent car control. I don't think he's going to be making any mistakes anytime soon as he is one of the most solid drivers in this field. Uh, Peter Portante, um, looking, he's sitting in the catbird seat right now as far as I'm, I'm concerned with, with Gallagher and John both being extremely aggressive. These guys might take each other out of the race uh, for all that matter, uh, which hopefully doesn't happen, but... You never know what can happen as uh, these two guys are, are looking very aggressive. As Patrick throws it on the inside of turn 9 as they're too wide at the apex. Uh, John Dean on the inside for turn 10 now as Patrick gives up that position, uh, trying to, to maybe make a run at him in turn 11. Uh, he's a little bit too far back to make that pass stick into 11. Uh, let's see if we can't get another run onto the, the front straightaway here. They uh, are separated in exactly the same way that it was a few laps ago when yeah. it was Dean in second yeah. and Gallagher in first. <laughs> I'm wondering if maybe Dean having to battle his way in for second as the white flag is displayed. This is the final lap. Maybe 
Dean just used up a little bit more of his tires battling with people early on, and Patrick, not having to worry about that, drove off into the sunset. Maybe now he's got a little bit more to play with. Yeah, I think John Dean's car is uh, looking a little bit more loose, at least uh, in the last few laps as he's gotten into the lead. With Peter Portante closing still, uh, now there's a, about a two or three car gap between the two, uh, the, the leader and the second place guy, but Peter Portante closing still. Uh, you know, I think John Dean it just has to get his head down, look straight ahead, and not focus on the guy behind him, as he just needs to put one flying lap together in order to get this win. Uh, John Dean hopefully hoping to try to get his second win of the season, as Patrick right on his bumper now as they exit turn five, uh, heading up to the corkscrew soon, with Peter Portante still in tow, uh, only about a three or four car length gap between that top two. Uh, Peter uh, Patrick might try that pass into turn nine again, uh, but John, as he saw that in the previous lap, might try to defend now, uh, getting into turn nine. So we'll see what happens as we see them go through, going down the corkscrew, dropping seven stories, four stories from the top uh, down to the bottom of that corkscrew. But now dropping seven uh, down into turn nine as Patrick isn't close enough to make that pass into nine. Uh, not even close enough to make a pass into 11, I feel. Uh, he's two car lengths back. He might make a dive. John defends and uh, thinks better of it. And uh, John leading coming out of the last corner now. Uh, coming to the checkered flag as John makes all of his shifts nice and clean. Patrick, same. Uh, and John with a win. A three-car length gap with Peter in third. Patrick in second. And uh, we have Ara Makassian in fourth with Drake in fifth. Kyle in sixth, and uh, you know it, this is this was a phenomenal race, and uh, you know there was a little bit of a breakaway between the, the top five six cars now, uh, but congratulations to John Dean on that phenomenal win, uh, putting it together to be nice and clean and uh, no contact at all. So this is uh, he he put together a nice win. Very, very clean racing. And as we see, Sam Adams comes across the start-finish line. He takes his second win of the season. Won the second race at Sebring earlier in the year. Good on him. A very clean race by those guys. That sort of fell into his lap a little bit earlier on when we did have that massive contact and the uh, leader be taken out um, early. But uh, Ben Albano will be kicking himself for that yeah. one. But Sam Adams, congratulations. Well done, young man. And John Dean as well. That's his fourth podium in five races so yeah very impressive season he was second in points last year to you now he doesn't have to worry about you being there <laughs> and he's clearly saying yep this is this is mine so john dean will be the points leader he will maintain that after this race but we still have another race coming up tomorrow for yeah. these guys they have one more to uh, worry about and uh, will be an interesting race for sure. No yeah. need to worry about maintaining the cars for today, that's for sure. Yeah, and Sam Adams putting together that win, as you said. And he, he got that win by about three laps. Uh, so this is uh, that was an impressive uh, three laps, sorry, three seconds as uh, he, he three won laps over uh, three laps. Impressive. That would have been crazy. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, only three seconds. But in that class, those guys are so close. That's, uh, you know, winning by a football field. In, in my standards in that class so uh, both good excellent racing as we we have most of the cars in con in in one piece uh you know only two only two cautions here 
but you know, we'll see what uh, the race holds for tomorrow. Yeah, and that's John Dean as your winner, pulling into the pit lane now, getting ready to celebrate with his crew. Patrick Gallagher, well done for a second place, and Peter Portante in third. That was very good on him, uh, his first podium of the season, so congratulations to him as well. And then down in the SBMX class, Sam Adams, Nico Rager with uh, a very hard-fought second-place finish, Brian Hickson. Good to see. It was nice and clean. The cars look good. Not too much work for the crews. Should be good for tomorrow. What are you expecting to see tomorrow, Kenton? Well, since they, they have a, a bit of a, a break between now and the next race, I think there's going to be some contact for sure. Um, <laughs> as they, they had to you know, put, uh, leave these cars in one piece for tomorrow's race in the morning. Uh, so this is going to be quite the interesting race tomorrow, as it was today. But... Who knows, might we, we might see some more aggressive driving tomorrow. And tomorrow the race starts at 9 o'clock in the morning, California time, local race time. That would be noon if you're on the East Coast, where we will have the biggest field in this series' history, the Battery Tender MX-5 Cup, presented by BF Goodrich Tires. 48 cars for that one. That yeah. will be minor chaos, I think. <laughs> it's going to be pretty crazy. And for those listeners on MazdaLive.com, thank you for joining in on that. And if you are outside in the stands and you want to watch this race from the TVs, go to MazdaLive.com as these, this race was live streamed. Uh, and you get to see all the action from your phone, tablet, whatever you have. Uh, and it's quite the, the, the interesting race if you get to see it from all the way around the track. It is. And if you're at the track, a Mazda owner, go check out the Mazda Owners Paddock Club. It's down in the bottom of the paddock. Great view, great televisions, and you get to see more Mazdas being raced all weekend long, including in the Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge coming up later. We have an MX-5 on the ST-Class pole. You can cheer on Mazdas in every single series, except the next one we have coming up, which will be in about two minutes' time. This program is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.